Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to episode one of season two of Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, and constantly ever recovering addict. And this is the all open podcast where I and others discuss the moments little to large when we really felt, however briefly and in whatever capacity, like we had no friends. (laughs) My guest today is co-host of Private Parts Podcast and all-round beautiful individual, Alex Mitten. And we are discussing a lot. (laughs) So I believe, and you may disagree with me, but I believe that preparing ourselves for extreme oncoming grief is nearly impossible. We can do all the work, read all the books, prepare the mind, but when it happens, we don't really know how we're going to react. I have spoken in length before about the cycle of grief and how deeply jarring it can be. And it is a very individual process. Sorrow will look drastically different in one person to the next, and we will all experience varied emotions in varying levels of intensity. And unfortunately, as we will all discover, the only true way out is through. Distraction prolongs and intensifies the pain, making the wave even more difficult to swim out of when it hits. Grief, whether inevitable and prepared for, or a complete shock, pushes us to find the deepest strength we can muster. And I've said before that we are often not aware of the actual resilience we possess until circumstance just shoves it in our faces. The dark moments, the deep sorrow are the things that help us truly discover ourselves and find a way back to an authentic self and really help us understand just what it is that we truly give a fuck about. It's interesting what parts of life become so obviously obsolete when we are informed by great loss. 
Alex and I are discussing this in length today. Okay, so let me set the scene for you. It is April 2019. April 2019, and we are in West Sussex slash Surrey slash Suffolk. No. Nope. <laughs> slash Hampshire. Slash Hampshire. We are in... It's called the Three Counties. The Three Counties. they're all kind of like on the border. Three <laughs> counties all come together. There we go. It's a beautiful place. As I said in this podcast, you not only feel, you also learn. It's educational. <laughs> um, it's deep and it's educational. So it is 2019. We are in the Three Counties. And Alex, in this moment, why do you feel you've got no friends? Um, before we start, I just, I can't stop looking at your penis. <laughs> oh, you've got, she's, um, for, for context, Emily has got a massive penis drawn on her mug, which is actually my fault because we were recording this at my flat and I, int- I intentionally gave her the dick mug. She's got a big hairy willy on there. There's a big hairy willy and then there's a man and it says at the top, don't look down. And this yeah, feels like a metaphor for my life. <laughs> yeah. So keep on avoid. Trot, keep on trotting across that bridge of success, of progress. And avoid the dick. Just avoid the big old dick down in the pit. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, why uh, do you think you've got no friends? <laughs> um, okay, so it wasn't it wasn't so much a feeling of no friends per se. I'll come back to why it didn't necessarily feel like that. Mm. What it felt like was I guess it is a, in a sense no friends, but I felt completely alone I felt almost like transported back to being like a child again yeah um it was like completely new earth-shattering experience for me actually it's it's actually something I've, I've spoken about mm. um on private parts with your brother Jamie classic um so yeah sadly my my mum passed away um so sorry. in 2019 and uh Actually, funnily enough, we were talking today about um, on, on private parts on the bonus episode about um, fears, and two of my biggest fears. One is nostalgia. It's not really a fear, but I, like always used to get really weird about nostalgia, like thinking back to like a m- nice moments, like amazing shit that's happened in your life. And yeah, it would, it would annoy me because I would go, "Oh God, I can't relive that. I don't yeah. have control over that." I think I used to have this weird like, and the passage con- of time is quite frightening. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it freaks you out a little bit, and you go, "Oh my god!" Like I'll never be able to have that moment again. Mm. Um, I think I was like a bit, not a control freak with my life, but like I just wanted to be able to control everything. So maybe I was. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I had nostalgia, and then the other one was was losing my mum. Yeah, like she was just epic and like kind of a bit of a shining light. She was she was a legend, mm. and um, I think. It, it was really strange. Like you go into such a weird, like haze of, like, I, I I try and think back, and I just I can't really remember much. It's all just like kind of just seems like this weird blur. Mm. Um, but the 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 moment that I remember that I've got like proper clarity on is when like she actually did pass away, and we were in the kind of it was actually like an old people's home that she was in at this stage, even right. though she was only you know in her fifties. Um, I just remember that moment when they said like she's basically like passing or she's passed so like come in and I just remember there was just, just like up until that point it, it, I think I had just hadn't really believed it yeah do you know what I mean and, yeah. and then when that is delivered I just suddenly was like this thing just like clicked in my head and I just suddenly felt like literally like a two-year-old child or like a like a little boy I, I just felt so completely alone in that moment yeah um which was it was strange I mean I, I guess you're never really gonna know what you're gonna feel like in that no in that moment because it is so novel it's completely new to you right it's completely otherworldly and there is literally no way to prepare your mind or body for a moment like that 
because it's and I imagine it's very it's a very individual experience as well so people can talk about their experience of it but until you're there it must be and it must have been so I can't begin to imagine yeah no it's 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 a it's a fucking weird journey Mm. it's so bizarre like you can't really yeah, you can't prepare yourself for that. And do you that moment when it happened? Do you do you remember that moment very clearly, or is that sort of is it quite foggy to you? That 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 as I said, like that moment of that kind of weird childhood like mm. crash. Like, I remember that really, really clearly. Mm. I just felt, I think, because as soon as you, what you don't realize, right, is you you kind of go through life, and even you know, I'm in my thirties now, early thirties, just. To <laughs> Um, but you kind of, you go, you go through life and without realizing, even if you've like moved away from your parents and they're not necessarily supporting you Mm. per se, there's still this like unwritten or this kind of like support network of even like an emotional support network. Like you've always got your mum or your dad or whoever it is, they're always there. And so you could be the other side of the world, but you've always got this kind of, this, backup you've got this like you know this this nest almost yeah and then suddenly when that's just gone you go oh fuck yeah that, that <laughs> wire has been cut yeah I mean and, and I'd, I'd lost you know grandparents and stuff before mm. which obviously hits really hard but when it's when it's someone that's like that is your that's your base and it's mm. gone mm. it's like yeah it's like a kind of feeling you, that you can't really um do you explain. think there is a connection between um your feelings of nostalgia and the and the stuff you have around that and and that moment of feeling like a child because of returning to childhood memories and knowing that you can't have that anymore um and so in that moment when she passed that feeling of almost childhood ending I don't know yeah it it was it was weird because like I was transported back to being a child but I think also in, in that moment there was this like realization that like oh shit i have to be an adult now yeah like, I, yeah. Can, I can no longer be a child because it's like yeah. i'm kind of i'm out there on my own now god that's so it's really you know frightening I mean? it's like i can't imagine that that and that immediate cut and as well you're saying you didn't really believe it until it happened yeah you, i mean you don't because you kind of you know you hold you hold on to hope and you almost you don't even though the voices and the professionals and all these people are saying like mm. it's like it's gonna happen mm, it's mm. just a case of when you kind of like you don't want to admit it because then in, in admitting it you're kind of securing the fate you know yeah what I mean? 100 um the, the whole kind of diagnosis kind of phenomenon and like mm. that you know this connection between actually if you give someone a bad diagnosis then generally that seems to be the way they go like right okay if you if you if you have no hope if you literally don't believe that you're going to survive then you probably won't yeah um so I think, yeah, I don't know. The, the whole the whole thing was very transformative for me. Like at at first, I couldn't really see how there'd be any positive out of such a like a negative. It was just like this is just the worst fucking thing to happen. Yeah. Why has it happened to me? Why has it happened to us? Mm-hmm. Um, but as time progresses, you kind of realise that even out of something like so shit there is actually weirdly this like equal and opposite like positive that comes out and yeah. like, and I, I grew so much from it and and I think maybe you know it was time for me to grow up a bit so I mean it's a it's a harsh harsh way to be made to step into adulthood um yeah. but um I mean that it is what we discuss a lot on this podcast is how the most terrible things that happen to you these very incredibly dark moments that you think 
are just that's it you know you're going to be stuck in this darkness forever do actually really really inform you and transform you into the person that you are now um but when you're in it it's like it's it's terrifying it's so scary like and as well it's interesting you said that around that time that you you can't remember quite a lot of it Mm. because there's a thing with trauma when very severe trauma when we're sort of cut off from it and it's a defense mechanism it's sort of it's self-preservation because if you could remember it it would be too overwhelming yeah no i think that's i think that's definitely right like i think the the memory and the emotion is so visceral yeah and it's so like painful that your your brain basically goes like let's just try and put a little bit of cloud around that so that it's like there's a filter over it almost Mm -hmm. like i can't actually really remember much of that year in terms of like sequentially when things happened i still can't actually really remember the actual date yeah when my mum passed away and stuff i've kind of just like yeah, yeah, yeah. i think i just boxed it off and just was like Let's, yeah can't deal with that mm, um mm. but yeah i mean like grief is such an interesting kind of process and, and i don't think any one person kind of deals with it the same way i god I, no and i don't think there is necessarily an amazing way to deal with it i mean there's definitely better ways mm. i don't think i was great i did what i normally do which we just said which is like box it off and i was like i'll just carry on working and pretend yeah <laughs> not pretend but just kind Distract. of just get on yeah rather yeah. than like sort of try and deal with it too much in the moment yeah and anyway sort of process it because it is too painful it really is and and that kind of pain is so overwhelming that the, even the thought of trying to unpack it while you're in that much pain it's just it's, it feels like you're gonna die yeah it was it was it was just too much for me mm. to be able to compute and like live a normal existence so it was either go down to a very sort of dark kind of place mm, mm. or just carry on. But I mean, what, what happens in, in taking the method that I did is like, you know, you, you progress and carry on with your life and you don't realize that there's this kind of this undercurrent, this undercurrent that's yeah. kind of lying there and it slowly sort of comes out in different forms. And yeah. And I mean, I, I was in a relationship at the time and, and my ex um, was like, she was amazing and she was, uh, you know, there for me and, and, and helped me through like a very dark period. But what, the one thing I did find was when you're in a relationship and you go through something like that, you not so much offload the the, the process or the pain, mm. but you're kind of quite distracted because you're in yeah. you're in a relationship. Life's kind of going on. You've got someone there that's caring for you. Mm. It was only when like we broke up and I was actually just like kind of forced to sit on my own. Like I was sat on my own in this flat, and I was, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit! Actually, now there's like nothing else going on there's all this stuff I haven't really thought about. And then it, and I almost like went through the whole grieving process again. And I would yeah. just like fucking burst into tears just like randomly at night in bed. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This kind of makes sense. It's like, it's the worst. And when the, the minute that you're made to sit with your feelings, um, and there is no distraction is terrifying. I mean, it's so necessary and it needs to happen, but my God, when it happens, it's the worst. I've told you about this before, like when I went to rehab and everything was taken away, mm. And had literally no, no kind of distraction. And it was like, everything went into technicolor and like the same, I just cry for no reason. Mm. I'd have a panic attack during the day. They'd be like, why? I have no idea why. Yeah. There's, there's this, um, I don't know if it's a form of yoga. It's like a retreat where you you go and you don't speak for 10 days. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. And I quite want to go and give it a go. I can't remember what it's called. I'll, 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 you don't speak for 10 days. I can't speak for 10 whole days. Yeah. What happens if you speak? You get slapped (laughs) aggressively. Also, like after that 10 days, like you're probably quite conscious of the first thing you say again. Do you know, I'd, mm. I'd probably over, overthinking it so much. I'd be like, yeah, what yeah, am yeah. I going to say? 
what 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 are the first words that are going to escape my mouth but is you know the days when you wake up and alone and then you're alone for quite a lot of the day and don't really interact with anyone and then suddenly around 7 p.m you might say something and be like oh my gosh here's a question for you um mm-hmm. did you find and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but did you find in in that relationship that you were in when your mum passed away that your girlfriend became not so much a girlfriend but almost like uh a cat took on a very different role in your life yeah to to a degree i think that i think that does happen mm. um it's really it's really hard for i felt so sorry for her to be in that situation because like we'd only recently like it was kind of within a year that this happened mm. so like it's very early on in a relationship for something so kind of big and dramatic to happen to the other half and you know they kind of do you you've got to go into caring mode almost yeah um so i think there there is definitely an element of that for sure mm. um which i think can with relationships then once that period has gone and i've seen this happen before in, in sort of other people's relationships mm. it can leave a slight like strange vacuum afterwards because you've like had to you know, you've both been through this mad trauma together. Mm. And, you know, as you say, maybe someone has taken on a slightly different role during that and you come out the other side and it can sometimes be a bit strange. Yeah, it's it's trying to reconnect as uh, in a romantic relationship it can be really difficult when when you've spent a prolonged period of time sort of not being that or not being that, um, what's the word, when everything is that conventional um boyfriend girlfriend relationship you know um any kind of relationship because i i was in a relationship god i hope he doesn't listen to this um (laughs) he won't um but he very much like took on a caretaker role yeah for me when i was going through a very hard time which i was constantly for about 10 years poor sod um and because he took on that caretaking role became very difficult to see him as something else Mm. like I could only see him as almost like a parent figure um and therefore sorry family therefore like when we like had sex it was the most it was so uncomfortable because I was like this is not who you are to me um and yeah and it's very it's very strange I think it's it's very difficult with relationships when when something kind of catastrophic happens to be able to reconnect in a in the way that you well, are yeah i guess it just it reframes that mm. connection that relationship into a different different frame so sometimes it's quite hard to reframe it back to what it was do you know what i mean yeah 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 um, absolutely and do because i should know this about you do you have brothers and sisters i've got a sister yeah and she older or younger she's younger did yeah. you feel a certain amount of responsibility to take care of her yeah yeah definitely and 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 i still still do mm. um I think yeah I, I think she's you know she's had it tough it's not not been easy I always think I always like I wonder what I know it sounds weird but like what the best age is to lose someone if you're going to lose someone and I, yeah. can't, I still don't really know the answer like I was glad that I was you know in my late 20s um well at least I thought I was glad because I thought I was better kept, like, equipped to deal with it mm. um but I don't know whether it would be better to be younger or to be older I'm not really sure I mean, I guess there is, there is no time that's not going to be incredibly traumatic. Um, if you have a deep connection with a parent and you, and you lose them, like the only time I guess is before living memory, but even then, like we don't know what happens to the brain. 
Um, did you find there was any impulse when you were going through this very dark time um, to distract with substances? Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. I was, you know, I kind of, I don't know if I've really spoken about this that much, but like, mm. I've always been a, a kind of a party boy and always enjoy going out and, and doing all these things. And, you know, I've always, always had a lot of fun doing that and it's been a big part of my life. But um, I think what happened after my mum passed away was that I kind of then used that as a bit of an escape, as a bit of a distraction. Yeah. And then it kind of went from going out to have a laugh to going out to try and distract. To just like function. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I would drink at home. I would drink and, you know party way too much mm. um just to try and kind of like what i thought was like self-medicating yeah um and it's it's really difficult because i mean you <laughs> you you have such a strong convincing voice that will like tell you again and again that it's fine even though you know it's like, yeah. destructive yeah 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 um and you know i think i think i think before my mum passed i was actually quite strong-willed and i was able to mm. take a bit more agency over that that voice or those kind of drives mm. but when when she passed like it kind of like that voice got louder and it was almost like well you know this bad things happen to you you, deserve, you know you deserve it go and do that you, you're right you could you're allowed to go and get hammered you're allowed to do this yeah um so yeah it kind of it definitely got quite bad in that, in that i've regard. discussed this with people before as well that um that moment of turning to substances when you are in a very dark place and something really bad has happened to you that there's almost this thing of going and no one can say anything because something terrible something terrible is happening it's there's an excuse for it as well mm. um surrounding even others opinion of you um and that that voice it's just crazy how these things are literally textbook that that voice does get so much stronger when you are in a bad place mm. and it's so and it's it becomes the 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 safe just being the safe voice and also because alcohol as toxic alcohol and drugs whatever as toxic and poisonous as they are are so dependable you will always get the same outcome mm. if you have a shot of vodka you know how you're going to feel and it becomes um and when there's that kind of stability knowing that there's going to be a certain outcome it it's really um intoxicating Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And it becomes very easy to follow it. Yeah, I mean it's I still I think I've still got quite a bit of work to do on myself because I think what happened as a, as a result, I have like a very low threshold for like stress or anything that like I overload a hell of a lot quicker than I did. Hello. And and my, my stress overload point immediately is like, right, go and drink or go and do whatever. Like just 100%. like my switch is way lower than it was before. Mm -hmm. So I think I need to go and do one of these 10 days. 
<laughs> 10 day retreats and just not speak I, I, I definitely got yeah I need to try and work on that a little bit I think yeah I think one of the things I've realized about myself I mean just talking about kind of you know consumption mm. and booze and partying and drugs and all this type of stuff is like I don't I don't necessarily think I have like an addictive personality mm. I think what what I ended up getting was a bit like a, uh, I guess it is a bit of an, an addict, but like a sense addict. It wasn't like I was particularly addicted to one particular thing. It was just like I was constantly hitting my my. Um, it's like the instant gratification hitting button. My, hitting my nerves with like with stimulus. Yeah. Like repeatedly, and my I think I just became so used to having that constant mm. whatever it was hitting me. Like just I, something. I just needed something. Like and and I still have it a little bit. It's like if I sit down and I'm working, mm. I've always got to have something else. I've got to have, like have a coffee there. I've got to have like I started vaping for a bit. Like we got have, awesome. Oh, I know, it's pretty cool. God, the, <laughs> honestly, the amount of DMs I was getting. God, when I thought you were cool before, did yeah, you yeah, yeah. just ramped it up? Stick around. <laughs> Do some I'll vaping. Blow you, I'll blow you some uh, some love hearts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I had yeah I realised that. It wasn't like a particular thing per se. It was just like I just always had to have this like, mm. I guess again, it's like a bit of a distraction really from, yeah. from dealing with the actual root cause. It's like... It's anything. It's a, like addiction, it covers a broad ground. Um, and there's a lot to do with mood altering substances. Like even when I came back from rehab and I wasn't drinking, not doing drugs, obviously. Still not. Eight months. Killing it. But... Yeehaw, keep it up. Yeehaw, girl. Oh God, it's like, but I've, I've been that tenfold when you're just, when things, it's, things are too difficult to address. It's too hard to sit without something. And you're right. It can be anything, literally a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I, would say, I think it's a, a modern phenomenon. Like we're, we busy ourselves and we distract ourselves and we're just constantly hit with so much shit that mm. we, like, we don't do what is needed, which is actually just to sit there yeah. with no distraction and actually deal with it and then deal with it and kind of move on yeah we just like partition and put away all of this stuff over the years and then it's you know it's just hanging around it's bad energy isn't it and everything is so like fast paced yeah like I, i'm not on tiktok because i can't i'm not, I'm not on tiktok I can't deal with it i do not understand it's too it's too much this i mean i'm gonna sound like such an old twat but um <laughs> just this whole kind of like 10 second memory span it's like bang, mm. it literally gives me anxiety yeah it gives me like, like, stress oh god <laughs> and everyone's like sends me this look at this thing on tiktok i'm like there's nothing i want to do less than look at something yeah. on tiktok look at this thing actually no look at this thing now because that thing's now just like, also oh. like when you're scrolling through it will be like um it will be like here's me making cinnamon buns and the next thing will be like my dog's last day on earth and you'll be like what the fuck am <laughs> yeah. i looking at what am i doing i'm making my... <laughs> buns like what the fuck is going on my emotions it's, it's obviously it's going to cause like like major issues it is this whole distraction thing of people being able to, and you know, I say people, all of us being able to distract ourselves with this really fast paced, you know, crazy environment and have access to drugs and alcohol and just not process what's going on underneath us. And the thing is with this, when, when, when you distract or have distractions so readily available, and you talked about it earlier about the undercurrent of darkness, it's kind of going on underneath and I remember using an analogy a while ago feeling like I was distracting I was distracting with this undercurrent of darkness and then um it was like holes would appear and it'd be like a a, a geyser I wanted to say a geyser right? a geyser, hey, a geyser. It is, a geyser. <laughs> is it a geyser yeah geysers a geyser yeah geysers pop up Fucking is geyser? that like geysers is that in like, <laughs> like 
I remember learning about them in geography. Yeah, yeah, I'm big pretty time. sure it's geezers. Yeah, because geezers pop up when there's like volcanoes going off, right? Geezers popping up in my life all the time. <laughs> geezers have been popping up in your. <laughs> geezers everywhere but it would be like this thing um i'd be distracting distracting then there'd be a hole and this shot of stuff would come up from the undercurrent of darkness underneath and i'd like cover it up and keep on going cover you and just like block it with a it's like whack-a-mole literally it was it was like that using drugs and drinks yeah it's like a ton of cocaine just all over the top of it (laughs) smush it in (laughs) it was just whacking away with a vodka bottle but it's um, but it, I mean, when I with me, it got to the point when I completely imploded and basically fell into a black hole of shit. But it's why it's so important to process this stuff and uh, and not and not follow the distraction as easy and wonderful as it feels. Um, so at this point in the podcast, we usually talk about how this moment this terrible terrible thing that happened to you this very dark moment what were and it sounds so strange to say because obviously talking about your mother passing away what what were the positives that came out of that like what did you learn about yourself and have informed the way you are now i guess i guess the main the main positive for me it took ages for me to kind of like see see this and realize it but like I, I just, I just, it just instigated this like massive transformation in, in myself. Mm. And, like I just became so much more aware of like my behaviors, aware of the yeah. world around me. I kind of felt like I was almost like, it's so cliche, but like living on in my mum's memory type thing and like yeah. kind of doing things that would, you know, make her happy. And I kind of always like held her in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, it, yeah, it, it was, it was almost, it was a bit of a catalyst for, for me. Like, yeah. and then we went into lockdown like quite soon after that. God, um, yeah, of course. 2019. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, it was this weird, like two, three year period of just like very dramatic change in the way I thought about the world, thought mm. about religion, thought about everything. It just like completely mm. flipped my life upside down. And, and I just felt like, person that came out the other side of it although pretty scarred and a bit fucking tired mm. um had had a do you know what it was i had i had a really big like it was a bit of like an awakening it sounds really cringe again but no like, no not at all but it was also a realization that i'd always been that way right i'd always the way the way i'm muddling my words here, but the way i emerged i'd actually always been that way i just had 29 years or however old I was at the time of life experience that was like hazing um all of that up so it was yeah. like I couldn't fit and and I think I'd always I'd always felt that I was like why do I have this like deep down I feel this way but then there's all this stuff in life and yeah. everything that's happened that has kind of distracted me from that yeah and then when I could see it clearly I was like oh, okay so that's kind of actually truly how I felt and who I was yeah but now what what losing my mum did and this is the one of the biggest positives, I guess, is it like completely blew all of the bullshit yeah. out of my scope, out of my vision. So like it cleared away so much crap and it just made me realize like what is the real, you know, fundamental good stuff in life? Like what, yeah. what really means something? What is actually important to me, what I actually value um, and being able to cherish things in a more present beautiful way yeah. because it's also that knowledge that things um 
that nothing is permanent as well and things can be lost and so that awareness and being yeah. able to and being able to value um but I think it's really interesting what you say about that this person that was always in there that you knew about you were aware of but was being clouded yeah, by so much I sort of garbled it a little bit no it makes little, so sense um, I was speaking to someone at the time um, and he, he used quite a good analogy and it was like, it's basically to do with the ego, mm. like in a sort of spiritual sense. So like, um, what, you know, when we're born, we kind of, we're all born at zero, we're all born like sort of clean spirits. We're not born mm. like assholes always. So <laughs> not like, a what, dick baby. <laughs> so what happens from, from birth to say 30 is you've got, 30 years of layers of ego that slowly, slowly build up things yeah. that inform you of you know, who you are, what your place is in society, what, you know, you're male, you're female, you're this, you're that. Yeah. And so you've, by the time you get to 30, deep down you've still got that soul, but it's having to look through 30 years of all these different filters that have informed you over. Mm. So what happened was when my mum passed, all those filter spaces just blew out. Mm. Out of the way, and I think that's why I did feel in that moment like I was transported back to being a kid. Yeah. So you you suddenly see life, you see everything around you, and in that very kind of naive, wow. early way. So it's yeah, it's, it's really it was really fucking that's powerful really and, powerful and, and yeah. useful for that. What I have learned is, as we do with everything, we're very quick to like slowly fill <laughs> these filters back in. Mm. So it's now like I'm aware of it, and I have to like try and work to not let that happen mm, and it mm. does happen it's because we're in this world that is just so like we get pulled from place to place and we're like made to think certain ways and it's very quick you know very very easy for those filters to come back in and we start to mm. think badly about ourselves or think that we need this to be seen as successful we yeah need to, you know achieve that um the outside validation it's yeah. yeah looking for external validation that was you know again one of the big kind of learnings for me during during this whole process and especially during lockdown is that we internally have agency over our own happiness yeah like nothing external as much as we think you know and, and this happens a lot in relationships and i think it's something i did a lot as well is i would always go oh, they, they'll make me happy yeah and then i put all of the emphasis on them and i'm not really actually thinking internally there mm -hmm. it's too and it's also it's very risky you're putting all of your oh yeah you're putting your happiness unbelievably in, in, on, fickle on yeah um and again it's another one of these things that's very easy to sort of talk about and preach and say it's you know internal mm. uh having agency inside is, is the way forward but it's very hard sometimes to to adhere to that oh my god i like practicing what you preach is a very is, is a tricky thing to do if i could take my own advice that'd be brilliant absolutely <laughs> can't um i wish i, I take wish god damn i was i was in um i was Doing, when I was doing this film the other day, there was um, I said something and a woman turned yes. around. I, said, I can't remember what I said, but someone turned around and went, "Wow, you're very wise." And I was like, "So I remember the beard." <laughs> I have so much wisdom, um, but I can't. I find it very difficult to take my own advice. It's like it doesn't apply to me. It's like I don't deserve. Um, that happiness a lot of the time mm. but i always did that always put um going oh i'm in this relationship i feel great all of like everything that i am depends on them i'm in a job brilliant all my happiness depends on this mm. and when everything is taken away from you um like you've experienced and and i've experienced this this moment of being so bleak and actually when when i had my major major breakdown i remember i was crying 
one I mean I was crying for a solid month but like there was one time when I was crying and I kept saying I want my mum I kept mm. saying, and I've I, I don't think I've said that since I was about 11 going I really want my mum yeah and that was and it was really and I felt very sad and very frightened and very small yeah I think I think we do all have that deep down instinct I mean I, I have basically said the exact same words mm. like in that moment we just feel so lost I'm like was crying in bed and I was just said out loud I was, I was oh god mom. oh my god <laughs> I just want to cry. yeah it's like so I, don't, I think we like we, we we grow up and we think oh like you know we're, we're past that we don't need our mummies anymore but, mm, like, no there are times you really just really really do and I don't think that ever stops I don't think like you you can get to whatever age and still want and still want a parent yeah I think I think there's a lot a lot of stuff that we can learn and and I've definitely taken on a lot of new ways of thinking that have like mm. made me feel more at peace and kind of like part of a greater kind of network, yeah. of universal kind of something kind of so much more outside of yourself. Yeah, there's yeah. a universe. Well, it's actually inside yourself, which is ah! yeah. Um, so it's just like it's, I don't know. It's just like this universal hug, like you're part of a big family. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you have such a strong, deep connection with your parents and stuff, but yeah. You know, we're all part of this part of this big, greater plan. This, you know, this network. So mm. it's it's just quite a nice thought to to know that that is there. Um, um, something I found useful recently is um, the idea, and it's something I've just decided to run with. Um, is that everything everything is written as it will be, as it will be, and so it helps with past mistakes and trying to forgive yourself for things and things that have happened, terrible things that can happen because the belief that those things were always going to happen mm. means that it's just easier to let go of, of control in a way. Um, and like, if I have an audition and I'm going, and before I was going, is this going to go well? Is this going to go badly? I wonder how this is going to turn out on the other side. And now I'm just like, it will be as it will be. If it's shit, it was meant to be shit. If it's great, it was meant to be great. And what will be, will be. Um, yeah. but, uh, the, yeah, that sort of understanding that maybe it's a lot of just, you're part of something bigger than, than yourself. Yeah. I mean, no, I had totally kind of the same, same realization and, and it mm. depends on your kind of spiritual beliefs or just your beliefs in general but mm. like even if you were to look at it from a logical perspective which i definitely used to do i kind of looked at everything with like logic and reason mm. um but like if you try and grab too hard and you try like you're just going to put yourself into a spiral and you're going to be anxious and mm. you're not, not going to be calm and collected like for example going into you know an audition yeah um so i mean as long as you you have good intent and you work hard if you just sit back and you go, actually, the universe is kind of looking out for me. Like, yeah, it's like it's pretty cringe, but it is just like it's kind of like having faith almost. It's yeah. like just have faith that there is this, yeah, this thing kind of working in the background, and it will like lead you in the right direction. It's going to lead you in some fucking weird directions at times, mm. but a lot of those are lessons. Mm. Um, and I kind of look at a lot of the negative shit that's happened, and I look yeah. at what happened with my mum yeah. as a lesson. Like every, everything is kind of a lesson, yeah, um, in, in many ways. I find. So at this point, I want to ask you, because I love asking this question, what are the things about you that you are particularly proud of, that you really love? Oh, God. Um, that's tough. I know. Because um, this is one of my things that I'm really awful at. I know. Is being self-congratulatory. Congratulatory. That was really hard to get out. Congratulate, congratulatory. Self-congratulatory. 
it's the, it's the oat milk. Um, it's clogging up my, <laughs> my mouth. Clogging up my gut. Um, what am I proud of? Uh, I've, I guess like, I guess one of the things that I've always, again, this is going to go back to what we were talking about. Like I've mm. always had this sense of just like wanting to kind of like care for people a little bit, and like mm. look out for people where I can. And, mm. and I, and I think over the years I let that go and I kind of push that voice down because there is this other voice that informs us from society. That's like kind of need to step on people to get to the top. Yeah. And, and I kind of felt like I was pushing myself like away from like what my true intent true voice was saying mm. um so i feel like one of the things yeah i've just always kind of seen myself as a bit of a carer in many respects mm. um so that's one of the things that i'm proud of i guess i love that um i like being creative too it's brilliant um i don't know i'm not very good at this type of stuff it makes no me i know it's it's so it's uncomfortable really and we, i think especially as like as british people we're not very good at like, oh we're, we're fucking we, terrible I get at so it awkward if, I, I, I actually talking about myself i often get a bit yeah. weird no it's it's horrible it's really when someone goes what what do you what's what's your favorite feature and i'll be like i don't know yeah, yeah. if you are if you're tasked like american they'll be like well i love my pack um, <laughs> yeah. my jokes are fucking amazing yeah, my buys <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> okay um no yeah it's it's hard so mm. you kind of just want someone else to do it yeah just go <laughs> this, these are the great things about say. you yeah, yeah. um but no i think that those are really i think empathy is a wonderful thing to be aware of in yourself and to be proud of because there are lots of people who cannot do it yeah. um and having that skill i think is really beautiful so that's yeah i think that's a good one it's a good All choice right. but alex mitten this has been such a joy thank you so so much for being so oh, open and it. wonderful and just great thank you for coming over to my my abode it's a lovely you, lovely fat are you taking the piss out of my walls no i love it the piss the, walls the, the stained, uh, <laughs> it's balearic <laughs> All right. Um, catch Alex Mitten on a little known podcast called Private Parts. <laughs> I did a panel uh, yesterday and um, the girl, bless her, she was like, slightly nervous introducing me and she was like, um, we've got Alex Mitten who does a Private Parts podcast uh, with over one and a half listeners. <laughs> like, everyone in the audience were like sort of looking confused, some of them were laughing. I, like when it came around to me to speak, I was like, I don't want to mention it because I don't, first of all, I don't want to look like I'm bothered and I also don't want her to feel bad. So I just like let it slide. <laughs> with over one and a half listeners. Like my gran and her dog. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, well, catch private parts with over one and a half listeners. Yeah, let's get that up to, to two if you're a dog and you've got some spare time. Please tune in. Actually, dogs aren't half a listener, a whole listener. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm covering my back for canines. What, for the dog community who listen? Well, thank you so, so much. Absolute joy. Thank you're you brilliant. for having me. Goodbye. Bye. Join us next time on Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends, where my guest is actress and author Rosie Day. Send your stories or get in touch at contact at whydoyouthink.com. I'll talk to you soon. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.